Hello and welcome to City Talks. On this episode, I sit down with Neil Leverett, CEO of Solenity, most well known for being the football sponsor of Lincoln City Football Club. Well, let's find a bit more about him and his business. So, Neil Leverett, thank you very much for joining me today. Welcome. Just give everybody a bit of a background about yourself. So, um, I was born here in Lincoln uh, quite a few years ago now, uh, brought up uh, in North Highcombe, went to uh, Northcote Stevens School there and left at 16 years old, um, loved playing rugby down at Northcote Stevens School, uh, school and the club itself and uh, from there uh, I had a career in Lincoln for a while, lived and worked in Europe for a little bit and eventually found myself back in Lincoln 10 years ago now, working for a company that was called Software Europe which is now called Celerity, so yeah. that's a little bit of background about myself. So Software Europe, you head up there and you've been there for 10 years? Totally, uh, 29 years 29 in years. total, yeah. The, the reason that uh, we weren't that well known many years ago is we were a software reseller and none of our customers were based in Lincoln or Lincolnshire, so there was no need to, to have a profile here in Lincoln. That changed 10 years ago when we got into the cloud technology business and realised actually as the business was growing, we probably need to make a little bit more noise about who we are and what we're doing. So that's why hopefully people have more heard of us more. Yeah. And more recently, we, we changed our name to Slenty, as you probably know. So. Yeah. So what was the um, thinking behind that rebrand then? What were you trying to achieve there? Well, firstly, Software Europe, it was nothing to do with Brexit. And people ask me that, was it a Brexit decision? And it certainly wasn't. It was um, five years before that, we, we kind of had this hunch that Software Europe was our old world and it was our reselling world. And now we'd moved into cloud and building our own products then we felt that actually it's a good time to change. Um, as you know, if you go now looking to change your company name, you need the domains, the URLs yeah. to go with your company. So just deciding what you're going to be called isn't that easy anymore. You have right. to go out and do the investigation. So we happened to come across a name, Solenity, that was still available on the .coms, .uk's and so on. And because it was SEL Solenity, and we're often referred to as Software Europe as Software Europe Limited SEL, we felt there was a good connection. So that was the name change reason. and. We used uh, our connection with Lincoln City Football Club last year to, to announce the change of the name, and that, I think that went okay. So yeah. yeah, so a lot of people will have recognised that name with the football club. So how did you get involved with Lincoln City? <laughs> the, the truth of the story is that back in 2014, we went to a charity ball here in Lincoln, and a, a raffle prize was a box at Lincoln City for 10 people, and uh, we, we won the prize. And we took 10 friends to the game. And this, this was at the time when Lincoln City were in the fifth division, if you like, yeah, fifth tier. Yeah. Um, and it, we had really enjoyed it. And it also came at the same time as the company was struggling to recruit. And so we thought, well, actually, I wonder if sponsoring the club in some way and getting an executive box, inviting friends and colleagues would start to raise our profile. So that's what we did in 2015. We, we, we hired a box for the, for the season. Um, interestingly, at the time, I don't think there was many sponsors around, so they came to us and said, well, would you be interested in, in uh, sponsoring the away kit as well? So we said, yeah, we can, we can do that, why not? And for many, many years, the, what was the St Andrews stand and then was a, a local newspaper stand, uh, well, that was available too. And they said, well, would you be interested in, in sponsoring the stand? So uh, in, in a very short space of time, we suddenly became a major sponsor of Lincoln City. Um, and then, of course, it went from strength to strength. That season, they finished okay in mid-tier. And then uh, I got a phone call um, in, uh, a year later, and it was uh, Richie Bates from the football club, and he said, Neil, I've got, uh, I've got some two guys you might want to meet. We're introducing them to the football club tonight, but if you want to come to the club early, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce them to you. And I met these guys called Danny and Nicky Cowley, and um, brilliant guys. And, and from there, the story's obviously grown for us, and we've had a great time with them. I have to say, amazing club, and very uh, business-orientated, family-focused, so it fits right in with, with our, our own 
uh, ethos, if you like. Yeah, and obviously, corporately and from a business perspective, you've done really well off the back of sponsoring mm. something that's done, been so successful. But a little bird told me that you actually let them uh, use a different sponsor for part of the FA Cup Yeah, yeah the, the truth, the truth, again, it was really fascinating. So, of course, Danny and Nicky Cowley came along and we suddenly started doing really well. And the, we got through the FA Cup finals, we, we beat Brighton, we beat Ipswich. And then we know that we're suddenly hitting, we've got Burnley coming up. And Richie Bates from the club gives me a call and says, Neil, I need to see you. I need a favour. And he, he comes into the office and he sits myself down, my colleague Dev Sornby, and he says, we've got an opportunity for a rather large sponsor to come on the shirt. Uh, it'd be great for the club. It's a lot of money. Would you mind stepping aside? And I'll be honest with you, we, we didn't actually think about it twice. We said, yeah, just go for it. It's great for the club. Fantastic. Um, and sure enough, uh, that final goal in the 89th minute by, by Sean Raggett, uh, what an amazing game that was. Um, and then uh, <laughs> we were up against Arsenal and Richie Bates gives me a call. He says, Neil, can we, uh, can we have a chat? And uh, he, he came to see himself and Deb and he sat there and he said, what about it again? We've got another large sponsor. They're going to pay a lot of money. And this one was more difficult, I'll be honest, because we felt, oh my God, this is, this is international coverage now. This yeah. is Lincoln City playing Arsenal. Uh, what a great way to, to brand up. Um, and we said, no, no, we're not this time. We, we want this one. And Richie left and he said, no problem, that's fine, I get it. Um, but it was only 30 seconds later, I looked at Deb and we said, no, nah, this feels wrong. So we picked up the phone and said, Richie, just go for it. Um, the truth of the matter is, we said, go for it, but we'd like some hospitality. <laughs> um, and which they did, and the club put us in a nice little box at Arsenal. So that, yeah, it was good for us. And I, and I kind of like, I'm pleased we did it because um, A, it was the right thing to do. But I think locally, people were pretty appreciative of the fact that we were prepared to step aside. Absolutely. And, you know, and help the club grow. So, yeah. so something that's gone from, in an early stages, something that um, I suppose I've got that real business angle of increasing profile, helping with recruitment, but now you almost feel like you're, you're part of that club. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Liam Scully's the new CEO there, what a great guy he is, Clive Nates, so just really nice people there, and it's, it's very welcoming, you feel very part of it. Um, so, yeah, not only has it been good for us locally, we've used it certainly since the FA run, we've used it nationally as well to raise our profile, people do associate us with the club now. Yeah. Um, but it's also nice to go there on Saturday, invite friends and family and colleagues to come along and enjoy the experience. Yeah. So, salinity and recruitment, I know that's high profile yeah. again now, because you've bought a lot of your subcontracting away from uh, you know, going abroad and trying to bring it back to Lincoln. Yeah, so um, five years ago we wanted to, the tool, tool we had with Lincoln was at the time, five years ago, it was really hard to recruit, especially technical resources. and. Uh, we, we wanted to advance our technologies quickly, and particularly with apps and mobile phone uh, uh, programs. So we, we went out and tried to find people in Lincoln, and it was really, really hard. So we happened to come across uh, a company in India that had a Lincoln presence, and uh, we, we took a small shareholding in that company and started operating out in India. And for five years, it worked really, really well. But then I noticed, and this is thanks to the Lincoln College, really, I noticed that more and more technical skills were becoming available in Lincoln. Um, the cost against the rupee was getting more expensive, so it wasn't always as cost effective as it could be. So we chose to then start bringing our, our resources back into, the, into Lincoln. So we're currently looking for quite a few technical people, uh, some non-technical, actually some salespeople as well, um, and it's going well. And I, I would say, and somebody always asking this, is does the sponsorship of football help you with recruitment? And the answer is absolutely yeah. Um, the, the money you can save, and this is no disrespect to recruitment companies because they do a great job, but you can save quite a lot of money by being a place where people want to come to you yeah. and it helps with recruitment. So it absolutely does, yeah. 
So, um, Salernity, just give us a bit of an overview. So, cloud-based products. So, what's, what's the business model and who's your type of client? Yeah. So, we've got 420 customers here in the UK, some very large ones. Unfortunately, confidentiality says I can't name them. Um, most of the NHS use our technology, uh, which is great. Um, so, we are business to business, absolutely. Uh, we've, with two technologies, we've got our expenses online technology, which is, uh, has been with us for 10 years or more. And we've got our ER tracker technology, which is our HR product. And like I say, we're selling into the business-to-business -business world. Um, it's cloud technology is subscription-based, so you're actually paying for, with, our, with our model. It's annually in advance, and with that model, you can do an awful lot of good things in terms of cash flow forecasting. Sure. So that works really, really well. So uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of model we operate under. How do you find operating effectively a tech-based business in a city that's not necessarily known for being tech-first? Have you found that it's improved? Is it improving or a bit stale at the moment? Improving, absolutely improving. Um, and I, we are seeing more and more talent now in Lincoln want to stay in Lincoln, and that's credit to everybody, the, the, the Visit Lincoln guys. You know, it's, if you go into town now, uh, every Saturday or Sunday, there's always something going on, and I think that makes it a real nice place to want to be. So we had this theory in the past that students would go through the universities, through the colleges, they'd get their degree, and the first thing they'd want to do is go and work for Microsoft or Google or Apple and head down to London. I don't think that's happening as much now, and I think no. it's such an attractive place to be that it's getting much, much easier. And, and you know, it's, not, it's a nice place to live, isn't it? It's such a lovely place and to work and bring a family. Kind of thing. How have you found Lincoln's changed over the years, you know, like a Lincoln lad? Is it yeah. kind of almost unrecognisable back from those days? Yeah, I love it. I think um, the university coming here has obviously modified a lot of things yeah. in terms of what, what retail outlets are out there, what restaurants are out there now. Um, so, yeah, I've seen lots of change. Um, of course, my father, who who's now in his 80s, he worked at Rustam Cyrus, so which was a big engineering place down, down behind us here. So uh, that's all changed and that's all gone now, of course, and there's the Lincoln Science Park there. So yeah, massive changes. Yeah. What else would you like to see change about Lincoln? Um, I think um, the, the place itself is beautiful. I think it, does, it needs to advertise itself even more, I think. Yeah. Um, very, very proud moments when uh, the Magna Carta was here in Lincoln. You know, you could walk through King's Cross Station and then, and the signs were there, come to see Lincoln, Magna Carta, and it's got such a lot to offer. So I think a lot more of awareness outside of Lincoln. We invite lots of customers here and um, we took them to Lincoln Prison for dinner. Yeah. And um, not the, the, <laughs> castle, the castle prison. <laughs> and, and they were just blown away by it. And I know since then, some of them have come back and brought their families here to Lincoln. So I know if we can keep on promoting the city, we can do some good things with it. Um, in terms of uh, resources and things available to us, I, I think it's got pretty much everything that we need, really. Yeah, I think... Um it's definitely come of age, I think, Lincoln. Mm. Um, I think we're almost benefiting now from the investment that's come in, from mm. the universities, from the colleges. And education is something that's quite close to your heart. So you're a fellow Lincoln College governor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a, perhaps because you left school at 16, is there something about further education that's now close to your heart? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that we do as a, as a business is every quarter, a few of us will go out into the local schools and talk to students uh, certainly at secondary type schools, about what it's like to be employed, what to look for, what to get excited about. And of course, this is our chance to get people excited about technology. And, um, and so it is very dear to our, to our hearts, if you like, because you know, if you walk through the sanity offices and ask how many, uh, how many of our colleagues have got kids at school, they look, most of them put their hands up. Yeah. So, so they, they, they love working for a company that really cares. So we, we go out to the schools, we try and do as much as we can. We started doing this five years ago, and I think what's really neat now is that some of those younger kids are now gone through five years, have come out the other side, and we've seen them every year, and they've now got jobs, and they're now, 
uh, employed and one or two of them come back and say thank you, it's great to, to get some guidance from you. So it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah. I think every company should be doing it. I think lots are, to be fair. So. Yeah, I can certainly see more businesses getting involved. I think it comes back to what we were saying before about you know the recruitment and trying to hold people in Lincoln. The more interaction the private sector can have with the educational sector in terms of saying these are the opportunities available to you yeah. will hopefully stop those who do go to London, Absolutely. Microsoft, Apple, etc., to think, oh, well, there's businesses here that give me, if not better experiences, yeah. because they're smaller businesses and you can get more involved. Yeah. So in your 30th year now of Solenity, what, what's next on the horizon for you? Well, um, when I joined 10 years ago, um, there was 18 of us, and we had about 30 customers in our cloud technologies. We're now going to be hitting 70 relatively soon, people that is not customers and about 430 customers today so that trajectory to me is really clear um, I get very excited about the technologies and and um, if when something's available to us we look at how can we use it in our in our technologies to improve the, the customer experience so for me it's continuing down that path we have done some acquisitions in the past and I'm not afraid of doing that one of the things that we learned is that selling into the cloud world or selling cloud technology requires certain skills and knowledge and so now if we've got a startup business that we see and we like, we can go, hey, actually, we've got a vehicle, come and join us, we'll take you down on our, sort of, our path, if you like. So, so yeah, so more of the same, basically. What do you see as potentially like the future of cloud technologies over the next five years? Where do you think we're heading? Um, more adoption, absolutely. And I think more things will be in the cloud than obviously we've ever seen in the past. We will see there's a, a lot of emphasis on security right now, yeah. and so people will see more and more about they'll get they'll get wiser to how where's their data, who's looking after it, how protected is it, how encrypted is it. So, I think cloud will mature even further, and uh, they'll gain a lot of confidence or need to gain a lot of confidence for the users. So. One of the big topics at the moment is GDPR, mm. um, and for a lot of businesses, there's a bit of uncertainty about what it all means. Mm. But has it had much effect on your business? Massive. Um, yeah, we started year and a half ago uh, we have a data protection officer and um, of course we have a lot of data for our clients so it's yeah. right up in our priority list we were very fortunate that we a few years ago we went down the uh, getting an ISO certification I'll, I'll bore you with the details but it, it's an independently audited certification every year and it set us on the right path for looking after people's data so when GDPR came along for us it wasn't a massive leap sure. but I can see that for some companies it will be a big change and, and I see it even now with only like a month to go, there's organisations that don't quite get it yet. Yeah. Uh, and my colleague was only at a course a few days ago um, and she was saying that, that there's lots of people don't quite understand what it all means to them. So we, I think there's a lot more education around that to happen in yeah. the next few weeks. What's your take on the whole kind of Facebook data, Cambridge Analytica? It's called a scandal, but for a lot yeah. of us in the industry, it might seem storming a teacup because we kind yeah. of expected it. But yeah. do you think that it's going to have an impact on how people use social media and cloud technology? In a bizarre kind of way, I think it might have a positive impact because I think that people realising that what they are posting, what, what they are doing in social media, can be seen uh, and yeah. used. So there's no harm in that. And we have all seen people post something on Facebook and go, oh no, why did you do that? <laughs> um, so, so if it does that, I think it's gonna be a positive thing. Obviously what happened, I don't know the whole details of it, but it's it, relatively scary for those involved potentially. Um, you know, we all like to think we've got some data protection, some privacy around, around what we're doing. Um, so yeah, I think hopefully it will be a positive thing at the end of it. Something a bit different, but I know you're a man into your cars. Is that, uh, uh, is that a passion of yours? <laughs> Um, I don't drive fast. The thing is, I am um, very lucky. I kind of, um, 
I've had some, some beautiful cars. I, I buy cars because I think they look really pretty, actually. Well, I think they do. And I'm fascinated by technology. So I've had a few cars now that are uh, very, very special. And my current one has some challenges. It has doors that, that do this, so I have to find parking spaces. <laughs> Real-world problems here, Dean. Um, but yes, I do, have a, I do enjoy the car, but it's not for the speed. It's actually for the, for the beauty of the and electric vehicles, do you think that's somewhere where you, know, you could see the adoption rate getting higher and higher? Yeah. Um, my first experience was my current car, actually, and um, I've blown away. I live five miles from the office, uh, so I barely use any petrol now at all, all purely electric driving. So my fuel bill from my previous cars, which were big engine vehicles, to what I do today, I've, fuel bill's gone straight down. So, yeah, absolutely, I think the adoption of from hybrid to fully electric, you know, and respect to Tesla and what they're doing with their technologies and, and many others, of course, as well. Yeah. On the educational front and the, um, uh, the university and the courses that they have, do you find that um, graduates are coming out with the skills necessary to get employment in kind of the tech businesses today? Not completely. Okay. Um, being honest about it, um, I'm not the best person to ask our CTO, Darren, will, will tell you more, but he, he often would tell me that we would take on board recruits from an apprentice from the university's education system, and even the recruits will tell you themselves that actually what they were taught is a baseline, but they're not taught how things are done in the real world. And that's, I think, for us, that's for us as businesses to go back into the universities, and they do invite us in to talk to them about what should the courses look like. So we're not quite there yet, but it's far better than it was, certainly. So if somebody's out there thinking, oh, I'd, I'd love to maybe change of career or you know, want to become a developer, what kind of guidance would you give them as to how, go, how to go about that? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you, 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 you do need some kind of mass behind you for, for, for programming. Um, lots of our colleagues are self-taught, which is interesting. You know, you can build apps, you can build, you write code at home, that's, that's fine. So I think there's a little bit of wanting and there's a desire to do that. Um, and the salaries are quite well paid. I mean, it's a good, yeah. good job. So, but university is a good start. Uh, part-time working for companies like ourselves. There's all kinds of opportunities. I can't give you one straight way to do it. I would like to see, from my point of view, the secondary education system adopting more around programming early on. Uh, they, do do, they do teach things like Microsoft Office and PowerPoint, which is fine, but I think that we're missing a little trick there. You know, digital is one of the biggest growth areas in the world. I'd like to see more at secondary school level, for sure. Mm. I think the, it's almost a bit of a lag, isn't there, in mm. terms of curriculum approaches and seeing it on the horizon and actually embedding it yeah. in. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of our technical members of staff have had similar kind of processes of you know, go to university to do a degree that's relevant, but yeah. the curriculum was written a couple of years ago and technology is changing so yeah, fast sure. that it, you, know, you come out and go, oh, what's this strange new world that exactly. I'm learning? Um, but I guess that's exciting as well, the, the fact that the industry just moves so fast. It, it must show up a lot of opportunity, but I guess a lot of challenges. What kind of challenges are you facing at the moment? Yeah, um, it's quite funny actually. Some people say to me, well, what's your business plan? And I can laugh at them because, you know, in the world of technology and digital, you, you, it changes on a, on, a, on a, I don't want to say daily basis, but weekly, monthly. Um, so the challenges for us is innovation. You've got to keep driving, being better and different. Um, fortunately, there's some real cool things that are happening in the world. Um, I'll give you an example. You've seen DVLA, the Driver, Driver Vehicle License Association. They've suddenly gone all digital now, yeah. and we can access their data. So we, we said, well, actually, that's really cool. So if you've got employees claiming expenses for journeys in their car, can't we go and do a check on their driving license to make sure they've got that, an MOT check and a tax check? So um, we, we delivered that last year uh, with the first expenses company to do it, and I think it's really cool. So for us, the challenge is making sure we're always that 
one step ahead if you can, uh, but never ever far behind if you're not, sort of thing. So. What does that look like internally? Do you have a team that's kind of the innovation mm. team, or do you get together once a month to try and throw ideas out? Or how do those things come about? Oh, it's probably sat watching Coronation Street. <laughs> um, seriously, I mean, I think, I think if you try and force innovation, it yeah. doesn't go so well. Um, very fortunate, I've got a great bunch of colleagues, I'll call them mates because they are, and every single one of them is quite innovative and always looking at the market and thinking about what we can do next. And it literally, so sometimes I get an email from Darren or from Deb or from, from Greg and he'll say, just seeing this on, what do you think? You know, and, and at night you're sat there thinking, yeah, that, that could work and we could, we can develop that kind of thing. So. And I suppose you, it appears like you've got a culture at um, Solanity that kind of tries to bring these ideas out. And mm -hmm. I know you put quite a lot of effort into, you know, I guess treating staff in the way that you'd like mm -hmm. to be treated, but you've had mobile bars, you've had people coming yeah. in to do uh, live music. So I guess you're trying to um, emulate some of the big tech companies, yeah. but for, for the purpose of, I guess, I guess retaining those staff and, and making them as innovative as they can be. It is. It's all done for a reason. And, it, you know, it is uh, to be a bit different. Um, the, the music thing was, was interesting. So, well, for me it was. Um, I was walking down Lincoln High Street um, between Christmas and New Year, and obviously most people have taken the time off, they've gone to see with their families, and, but I was conscious that a few days' time, the office would reopen on the 3rd of January, and people would come back in, and it's a nice place to work, sanity, but nonetheless, that after you know, Christmas and New Year break, is everybody feeling ready? Maybe not. So I happened to see... Uh, see a guy busking on High Bridge in Lincoln, and I tapped him on the shoulder and said, would you be available to come to the office on, on the 3rd of January at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning? And he did. And, um, and I sat out of the way and watched as our colleagues came in that morning, and they smiled. And I thought, wow, that's what we wanted. Um, so that was two years ago. Last year, we got a rock band to come in, and they set up with all the lighting. So I guess we've set a precedent in a way, but, um, but it's a nice thing to do. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. And it's like putting fruit around the office. You know, a Sainsbury's delivery, Sainsbury's delivery arrives every Monday morning. It's easily done. Everybody's got free fruit. Um, yeah, the, 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 the mobile bar bus, uh, events on the lawn, barbecues, not a lot of money. It helps with retention, yeah. uh, loyalty, and it helps with people going, actually, this seems like a nice company. I want my working for them. So, yeah. Indeed. Neil Everett, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dean. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thank you.